Yomi is continuing with the fourth parak of Bikurim, and the final parak of Bikurim, and the final parak of Seder Zeraim. Um, Rabbi Silber himself just got back from Eretz Yisrael, so I need to speak with him about our plans for God willing, the Siyum on Zeraim soon, so stay tuned for details as I get them. But the fourth parak starts with the word Tanya. And that's interesting because that word is usually associated with a Boraita or a Tosefta. And that's probably what this is. However, it is included with the Mishnayomi, so we're going to learn it. As a quick history lesson, the Mishnayot were compiled by Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi and of course his entire yeshiva. That was about 1900 years ago, give or take. It wasn't necessarily written down at the time, but it was... Uh, figured out which Mishnayot were authoritative and which versions and words were correct. But at the same time, Rabbi Chia was compiling the Boraita. And Boraita means the, the outside ones. And these are other teachings that were not the official teachings of the Mishnah, but they were taught by the sages of Kuala Yisrael. And they often shed light on what the Mishnah means. So you'll see throughout the, throughout the Gemara, throughout the Talmud, our sages are comparing the Mishnayot and the Braita and the Tosefta and figuring out what the Mishnah really means and how to apply it. The word Tanya is also quite familiar to our Hasidisha brothers because the Alter Rebbe of Chabad, Hasidus, made, wrote a book called Tanya or the Tanya because the first word of the book cites a brisa that begins Tanya, all about the benonim. So see that safer for details. Good. So that we've covered the first word. So Tanya, androgynous. So now I have to explain the second word, Rabosai. So an androgynous is a composite word of andro, meaning man, and ginus, meaning a woman, because this particular fellow, well, we, we don't know if he's a fellow, because he has both the reproductive parts of the man and the woman. This is a very rare thing, but it does happen every once in a while, and this fellow has one of them, as this parak is going to be discussing. And the reason this discussion of androgynous is here is because we just discussed koi, in the end of the second paragraph, call that was a Suffolk behema, Suffolk higher, we're not sure if it's a domesticated animal or a wild animal. We had the Mishnah comparing there how it's like and unlike. We have the same thing here by the human version of that, the androgynous. So Tanya androgynous, Yeshbo Drochim Shavel Anashim. He has ways that are equal to a man, an actual 100% male. The Yeshbo Drochim Shavel Anashim. He has other mannerisms that are similar to women. And some things that are like both men and women. He has other aspects of the androgynous that are like unlike men or like women, as this parak will explain. How is an androgynous similar to a regular male? Metame Belovin, if he has an emission of white fluid, he's Tame as a Zav, like a man does. The halachot of Zav applied to him, not Zava, like a woman. Ke'anoshim. Venose aval Nisa, Ke'anoshim. And like a man, he may marry a woman, but he may not become married by a man. So the androgynous may take a wife, a female wife, but he may not be somebody's wife. And like regular males, he may not be alone with unrelated women because there's a concern that they would come to uh, improper intimacy. And like men, he is not fed with the daughters. Now, if you've just coming out of Daf Yomi Ketuvot, this is 
a review, this is familiar, if a man passes away and leaving sons and daughters, but not a lot of property, not a lot of money. So there's not enough money in the estate of the deceased to provide a fair share for all of the sons and a fair dowry for all of the daughters. So the rule we learned in the, in the Gemara and Ketuvot is the daughters get paid. The girls get money and the boys are sent, you know, go get a job, son, or go collect tzedakah at the, at the doors of the local, uh, of your neighbors, because the, the girls are going to get the money when there's not enough for both the girls and the boys. So the androgynous is in the boat with the boys. Misafek. Ve'enu netof, he does not wrap his hair, meaning he doesn't put on a tickle like women do. Umisaper ke onoshim, and he takes haircuts like men do. So he's not supposed to grow his hair long, using he, it's, it's androgynous. Mr. Androgynous, I mean, not the mister. Androgynous is not supposed to grow his hair out long like a woman or cover it like a woman does. And if he is a Kohen, he should not go to the cemetery like a male Kohen. So Mrs. Kohen is allowed to go to the cemetery, but Mr. Kohen may not go to the cemetery because he is not allowed to make himself Tame Lemetim. And he's chayiv in the mitzvot not to cut the corners of the beard and to shave with a razor and to cut off the peyot like men are. So when the when Androgynous trims his beard and his hair, he has to be careful like men do. And he's chayiv in all of the mitzvot, so he's going to, again, I'm using he as a mistake probably, Androgynous is chayiv in all of the mitzvot like, uh, like tefillin, like tzitzit, and all of these things just like men are. So tomorrow, more about the Androgynous. Zeigesund.